Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. Today, I'll be joined by Molly Pittman, and we'll explore how to write Facebook ad copy that converts. You're going to love it. By the way, if you want to reach me, you can tag me on Instagram. I'm at Stelzner, or you can email podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. Also, if you're new to this podcast, be sure to hit that subscribe button. I was recently at Social Media Marketing World, and I had a chance to connect with some of our best customers. A lot of them listen to our podcast, just like you do. Not everyone knows what I'm about to share with you. We do something special here at Social Media Examiner. The best of the best of the guests that you hear on the Social Media Marketing Podcast not only teach at our conference, but they're also part of our secret society called the Social Media Marketing Society. Each month, our top-tier guests who have been on my show are invited to train inside our society for an exclusive group of marketers who are just like you. The training is designed to help you go from being a passive consumer of content to a marketer who is in active learning mode. So if you're ready to make real progress with your marketing, you're a perfect fit for the Social Media Marketing Society. Join us by visiting smmarketingsociety.com. We've got a really big sale that is ending very soon, so don't delay. Again, visit smmarketingsociety.com and join today. Now on to my interview with Molly Pitt. Helping you stay alive in the social jungle, here is this week's survival tip. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Molly Pittman. If you don't know who Molly is, she's a Facebook ads strategist and co-host of the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. Her course is called Train My Traffic Person. Molly, welcome back to the show. Hey, Mike. Thanks so much for having me. Always a pleasure. So today, Molly and I are going to explore how to write Facebook ad copy that actually converts. So before we go there, Talk to me a little bit about what's changed with Facebook ads, specifically when it comes to ad copy. Yeah, so a big change that Facebook made three months ago now, so August of 2019, is that they decided to really change the design of the ad. um, And that affected the amount of ad copy that a consumer sees when scrolling through the newsfeed. So Facebook says fewer lines of primary text will be shown on mobile newsfeed, which as we know is most of traffic nowadays on mobile. And Facebook says now only three lines of primary text will show on Facebook newsfeed on mobile, after which people will be prompted to click to view 
you more text. So before Facebook showed about double the amount of text. So this was actually a big shift. And it's important to understand usually things like this aren't a huge deal, in my opinion. But this was a big deal when it comes to the ad copy world, because now you have to be even more intriguing and, you know, really be able to catch someone's attention much earlier in your ad copy than you used to before. Um, And something else that I wanted to point out, Mike, Facebook, uh, because of this change, is also weighing the importance of people clicking to view more text. So I don't know if you've noticed, but I definitely find myself this change a, a few months ago on mobile clicking to read text more than I used to because it's not showing as much, but only when I really want to engage in an ad. So what's interesting, when people click see more now, that is actually an indicator to Facebook that the ad is engaging and will help your diagnostic scores. Uh, so I just wanted to point that out. But yeah, this was a, a pretty big change. The biggest change that I've seen on Facebook in the last eight years, probably when it comes to ad copy and the ability to bold and italicize and all the fun formatting stuff that we can do nowadays. So I just wanted to start out and and let people know about this change. So a couple of questions. What was it like before this change? Was there no limit to how much text would, would be shown or was there a lot more lines and then you would see the see more? Yeah, there was a lot more lines. So about double the amount of text was shown before you would have to click see more to keep reading. Mm-hmm. So now, they basically cut the amount of text in half that you see before you click see more to to read. Why do you think they did this? I think they probably ran a test and they found that for some reason, the longer amount of text was too much for people to consume. I know that Facebook runs a lot of user tests where they're basically studying how people consume an ad. I actually did a training with someone from the Facebook team named Marta, and she showed this study that basically prioritized which parts of the ad people are most likely to consume first. And I don't have that in front of me, but I think that it was first the ad creative, then the copy, then the Facebook page, then they were the Facebook page name. And then they were actually going to click on the comments to read the comments, which I wasn't super surprised by. But anyways, Facebook is always running tests like this to see how do we kind of position this so that it's easiest for the consumer to uh, really understand this ad? A couple things. First of all, you said ad creative. I'm assuming you mean the visual. Is that right? When you say ad yes. creative? Yeah, the video or the image. So earlier you mentioned something about bold and underlined in italics. Did I hear you correctly? You can now do that with the text inside of Facebook ads? Yes. So if you use a tool, I use Yay Text, Y A Y T E X T dot com. And there are tons of tools out there now that will allow you to do it. But if you use a tool like that, you can actually bold, italicize, um, do some other cool formatting stuff, then just copy and paste it right into Ads Manager and that shows up. So I've been using that a good amount just to really emphasize certain lines of ad copy that I want someone to read. I don't think you should overdo it, though. Sometimes people overdo it and it's hard to read the ad copy (laughs) because there's so much format. But yeah, uh, that that was a change that Facebook made a few months ago. Now, is this different than what you can do inside of groups? Because you can do this natively on the desktop inside of a group. You know, you can just select 
text into a group and you can bold it. Yeah. You can indent it's it. It's different because you don't have that functionality actually inside of Ads Manager like you do in the group. But if you just set it up inside one of those tools and then copy and paste it, Facebook still allows the formatting. So I wouldn't be surprised if they add that into Ads Manager eventually. Do you think we could format it in a group and copy and paste it? It would it'd be the same yeah. effect? Yeah, I think so. Oh, that's that's a huge tip. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, again, don't overdo it because I see a lot of people over italicizing in things and it's actually hard to read. Like you want you want to make sure that your copy is visually appealing so that someone's eyes want to keep consuming it. You know, that's really what we're doing here. Right. So use it sparingly, but it's a great way to stand out from other advertisers because most people don't know that you can do that yet. Now, I am a former copywriter, so I know the answer to this question, but not everybody does. <laughs> so I'm going to ask it for them. Why is ad copy so important for our ads? Yeah, definitely. I mean, when we talk about Facebook ads, the actual visual part, you know, that goes into it, not the targeting and the campaign structure and everything behind the scenes. Um, most people think about the creative. So the video or the image, which is very important, but you know, the ad copy is equally important. And Facebook's run a lot of studies around this too. And it really shows that most of us are more likely to read the ad copy or consume the creative, right? So, you know, for those of you guys that have really strong creative and then kind of crappy ad copy, um, you're missing out on a huge portion of your market who is more likely to read your ad. So it's hugely important. I mean, the ad copy, I always tell people the ad copy is the articulation of the hook. So it's really the reason that a consumer should take whatever action you're asking of them. So whether you're asking them to watch a video, opt in for a lead magnet, buy, I mean, that ad copy is really meeting them in the conversation that's that's already going on in their in their mind as Stan Kennedy says and then transitioning that conversation into your call to action and how that will benefit them and i think that still today a lot of facebook marketers think that they can launch ads that you know just explain their offer or just talk about how great their product or service is. You know, it's the best coffee mug ever, or it's the best water bottle ever. And there's such a huge opportunity to stand out in your market by really putting more time and effort into the ad copy. And for me, it's usually not even the writing of the ad copy, Mike, like, because I'm actually not the best writer like you are. For me, it's you're a very more, good writer. You're underrating yourself. Thank Let's you. Just but, <laughs> but but I've had to learn that. But the real skill behind there, I think, when it comes to ad copy is the why, you know, and the best way to describe this is something that Ryan Dice came up with a digital marketer. He calls it the before and after grid. And whenever he is trying to sell a product or service or, you know, just really speak to any market, he sits down and uses this grid and it helps him figure out what that transition is that he's actually providing to the end user. And, and I use this. So it's like, okay, I want to ask you to opt in for my webinar next week, but let me sit down and figure out like, what is the before state of my market right now? What pain points are they struggling with? What is their emotional state like? What are they dealing with in their day-to-day -day life? 
And then after they consume my webinar, what does that look like for them? You know, what is that after state? How is their life going to improve? And if I take the time to sit down and do that and it's laid out in front of me, then the ad copy is easy. So uh, that's, that's really what most people are missing is, is that, that why, and that's really why copy is so important. I've heard you use the phrase desired outcome before, right? Which is kind of another way of saying the same thing that you just said. And the other thing that's really important for everybody to think about is nobody goes to Facebook looking for ads. Let's be clear. Okay. They go (laughs) there for a different purpose. They're not searching for your solution. They're there for a different intent. And then you're interrupting them with your ad, right? So in order for your ad to not be just zoomed right past, it's got to connect with them. And that's why we're going to zoom in right now on your framework, Molly. So so let's talk about like, what is your method that you've come up with to help write really persuasive ad copy? Yeah, great. So, well, the first thing that I do is I establish these hooks that I was chatting about. And Mike, is it okay for us to dive into that portion yeah, right now? go for it. Because I, I want to share three of my favorite that any of you can use. And by establishing this hook in it, and I want to make sure that I'm picking multiple hooks, that I'm not just relying on one. Because what most marketers don't understand is that, you know, your market is like a pond of fish. It's it's a silly analogy, but it's true. And, you know, maybe all of those fish or all of those people, if it's just a group of people, maybe they all have yoga in common, for example. So maybe you're targeting the yoga market and you're trying to sell a product or service. So, you know, all of these people are yogis because they're hanging out, you know, on interests on Facebook that really show that they're interested and and yoga. But what's important is that although they all have that in common, they're also inherently very different people or at least experiencing very different days even. (laughs) So, you know, for example, on, you know, today, some of them might be feeling more emotional and they might respond to uh, more feelings-based ad copy, where on the other side, maybe um, part of them are more likely to respond to ad copy that's more logical and and uh, speaks to someone that's really in in that frame of mind today. Um, or maybe they're experiencing a certain pain point that you just happen to call out in your ad copy. So the point that I'm trying to make is um, you really want to choose multiple hooks that you're going to flesh out with your ad copy so that you're able to um, you know, reach as many people in your market based off of their emotional state and what they're experiencing as a human, which really comes down to a lot of psychology, but that's really what this is <laughs> and a lot of what marketing is. So my three go-to hooks, the first one, I simply call it pain benefit. Uh, this can be used in any situation. And this is essentially speaking to a pain point that you know this particular avatar has, And then speaking to a benefit or that after state, that desired outcome that they're looking towards to hopefully solve this pain point that they're experiencing. So a really simple example of this is from a company called the Dog Training Secrets, and they sell dog training video courses. This is a really simple pain benefit ad, and it says, does your dog get way too excited and out of control when he sees something he wants in his environment? 
Watch this video to discover one clever trick for how to finally start teaching your dog to calm down on command, then click here to learn more. So this is really simple. It opens up with that pain point. You know, does your dog get way too excited and out of control when he sees something he wants in his environment? If you are a dog owner that has a dog that's doing that, that is a huge pain point. It's very frustrating. So he's coming right out and, and speaking to that pain point. And then he's transitioning into the benefit and speaking to that after state. Watch this video to discover one clever trip trick for how to finally start teaching your dog to calm down on command. So very simple. And this could be long copy, short copy. I know we're going to talk more about that later, but it's just a very simple hook and framework that you can use really with any audience. Like what pain point does your offer solve that you're wanting to promote? Lead with that because that is going to catch the attention of the people that are experiencing that pain point and then transition into the after state that they're looking towards. And your offer should really be the vehicle that allows them to get there. And that's such a, a powerful hook, just a very simple pain benefit hook. And then the second one, Mike, that is another default that I always use is the feelings-based hook that I was discussing a little bit earlier. Every market has impasse. You know, I'm definitely, I'm hugely empathetic and that works in my benefit in a lot of ways and it overwhelms me in a lot of ways. But I definitely find that any marketing that speaks to anything feelings-based usually attracts me. You know, I'm the one that's crying at the dog commercial and <laughs> the commercial on Father's Day and anything that, that has to do with emotions. And a lot of your market, any of your market, markets is the same way. So using feelings, and again, you want to use this, you, you never want to use someone's feelings against them. Like as marketers, right. we have a lot of power to influence how people feel about themselves and certain things. And we, we should always use that for good. But if your product or service can improve in any way how someone feels, that can be very powerful. And that is a hook that you should be using in your ad campaigns. So a good example of this is from Organifi. They're a health supplement company. They sell basically a lot of juice powder. So people that want to juice but don't want the mess of all the vegetables and things. And this is a great ad that really speaks to how someone feels. It says six months from now, when people come up to you and they ask, what have you been doing? I want some of that, whatever it is. You look amazing. You can't put a price tag on that feeling. Shop today and see how Organifi makes you feel. Um, and again, if your offer is something that really transforms someone's life, there has to be a feeling associated to this, whether it's the frustration. I know for me, because I market a lot to you guys, the marketing community. So I can speak to how frustrating Facebook ads can be sometimes and a lot of the before state of how we're feeling. And for most of you guys, that is true. So whether it's speaking to an undesirable before state, how that feels, or whether it's speaking to the after state like Organifi did here, or whether it's both, I just highly recommend that you use feeling as a hook in your ad copy because it's so powerful. Plenty of our audience is not super emotional and they might be in charge of writing copy. So mm. it may not be intuitive for them to know what feelings to write about. Any tips for people that are maybe a little more logical of how they could yeah. get at this? 
Good question. I always like to survey the customer base if possible. And a question that I will ask, so for example, I had a client called Panda Planner. They sell these really cool planners. It's called Panda Planner. Ah. And so I was struggling for deep ad copy about emotions or anything feelings-based. And so we sent out a survey and we incentivize people with, with some free product to answer a few simple questions. One of them was, what was your life like before Panda Planner? Hmm. The second one was, what was your life like afterwards, right? And we specifically put, how does it make you feel as like a part B there? Hmm. And then the third one was, if you were recommending this to a friend, what would you say? And I've used these three questions in so many scenarios now because when you answer questions like that, it's not like this is the best planner in the world. It is made of great material. It's the best. Like that's a generic testimonial. That's I got generic my life ad back. Copy. I got my life back, right? I'm now yeah. organized and I can have time for my family. Maybe something like exactly. that, right? Exactly. And they're going into like the ad copy that ended up working the best was someone had been going through a divorce and their finances were a mess and their life was in shambles and this planner showed up and they got a job and they paid off their debt. Like it, it was this whole life. <laughs> story oh that came just because we asked the right question there. I love that. So a lot of it is just asking because if you're not in tune with that, the worst thing you could do was try to act like you are, you know, <laughs> right. and then you show up in the newsfeed and it feels really inauthentic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. Okay, cool. Now the, th- yeah, so, the third and, and the third one, Mike, will people who are more logical will, will like this one because it's called the logic hook. <laughs> ah, let's hear it. <laughs> So this is another default, and I use this one in almost every campaign that I run too. And this is basically finding a logic statement or a fact that really proves your point very early on in the ad copy so that people that are very logic-based immediately agree with you and kind of want to continue. So a good example of this, I was running ads for a company that turns plastic water bottles into these beautiful canvases that you can hang around your home. And so I wanted a real logic statement that I wanted a logic statement that I could open up that really built the need for people to understand how big of a problem it was, like all of the plastic (laughs) in the ocean. And this was a few years ago before this was even a hotter topic. What I love about what you're saying is like, I could even see just off the fly, like, you know, there's 7 million Facebook advertisers out there competing with you, you know, um, (laughs) don't be like most of them. I don't know. Absolutely. Get ahead, right? I mean, there's a logic hook right there, right? Yeah, it's cool. Like your brain went, when I was a digital marketer, I found a stat that said the average human receives like 179 emails a day. Right. And, you know, I, I made the, the, I used that stat and then I said, sign up for our, our email training so that you can stand out as a business. So you're thinking exactly, (laughs) exactly how I was. What I'm hearing you say with a logic hook, the premise is that we need to present some sort of data point, right? That's kind of undisputed or factual in nature to kind of stop them and maybe get them to pay attention. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Absolutely. And it doesn't always have to be a data point or a number. Like, for example, I have a student who helps 
women balance their diet with their hormones. And so a good logic ad would be leading with something like, you know, did you know that, and I'm not saying this perfectly, but you know, did you know that your hormones change week to week, you know, and your diet should match that. And so most people that read that don't even know, like that's just pure education. They don't even, they didn't even know that before. And so they're immediately interested now because there's this sort of logic statement, this information that's caught their attention and that they want to continue with. But if it can be a fact, even it's even more interesting. So the one that I was speaking to earlier, the quote said, the great Pacific garbage patch, a collection of plastic floating trash halfway between Hawaii and California. California has grown to more than 600,000 square miles. And that's in quotes with US Today cited as the source. And then I went into the call to action for the product and why we created it. But just starting out with a staggering stat like that, it also really helps with social proof because people want to share that. They want to get the world this information out. And really similar, I work with a brand called Pela Case. It's P-E-L-A Case. If you guys are interested, they run great ads. And basically, it's a phone case that decomposes in 30 days because there's a huge issue right now with plastic phone cases. They'll take 500 years to decompose. And so, hopefully, it's not decomposing while it's in our pocket, though, right? It's (laughs) what? No, no, no. That would be bad. It would have to be put into a a compost. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) No, but that's hilarious. Um, But the stat that we use, the hook that works the best is, you know, did you know there are one billion plastic phone cases thrown into landfills every year. You know, most people don't know that. So that catches their attention and they want to keep learning. So this logic hook is really powerful. But just to summarize, the first one I discussed was pain benefit. The second one was feeling or your emotions hook. And then the third is logic. And and those can pretty much work in, in any situation. Perfect. Thank you so much for that. You do have a framework, do you not? Should we talk about it? I do. Yeah, of course. So when it comes to actually writing the ad copy, so that's kind of the concept behind it, the hook, right? Like, what am I going to talk about? What is really the theme of this ad copy? And I think that's a mistake that a lot of people make, Mike. They don't have that strategy planned into the process. So they go right to actually writing the ad copy. And that's when you see a lot of ad copy that's like, Hey, best phone case on the market, best quality buy today, you know, like ad copy that just doesn't relate to the end user at all. You can tell that that person didn't really go through a planning process. So once you, you come up with these hooks and and you kind of know what you want to say, I do have a three part framework that you can use for actually writing the ad copy because Real, real quick, do you recommend coming up with a hook in each of these categories in preparation for testing? Yeah, I recommend having two to three hooks for each campaign. What I meant is is the pain benefit versus the feeling versus the logic. Should you just pick one of those little categories to begin with or should you try to run the pain? I I would try to do at least two and three if you can because if you only pick one, you might get a false negative if it doesn't work because maybe you just aren't hitting on the right feelings or you know maybe that hook just isn't resonating. So I like to test a few just in case. Perfect. Okay, um, so go keep going. 
Yeah. So this three-part framework is really what I use when I actually go to write the ad. So I've got the hook in mind. I know what I'm really speaking to. And the first part is the opening. So so let me back up really quick. I get the question a lot. Should it be short copy, long copy, how long, what works best? And unfortunately, I can't answer that question because every day I'm testing both and using both and they both work well in different scenarios. So it's honestly, when I do build a campaign, I try to have both because I think that some people are more likely to read short ad copy. I think some people are more likely to write long ad copy. So keep that in mind as I go through this. Don't get stuck so much on the length of the ad copy. I always tell people that it should be as long as you need to really properly portray that hook and what you're really trying to say to the audience. So the first part of this is the opening. That's step one. And this is the most important part of your ad copy. If you are writing shorter ad copy, this might just be the first sentence. If you're writing longer ad copy, I mean, I see people that are writing stories in their ad copy and and sometimes Mm. that works well. This could be the first few paragraphs. It depends on the length, but this is the opening of your ad copy. And as I mentioned earlier, especially on mobile, since so much less text is being shown, this is the most important part of the copy because if you don't catch people's attention here in step one, they're never going to make it to step two and three. So what is most important about your opening and especially that first sentence or the first two to three sentences at least is that you do two things. So number one, you call out your audience. And I don't mean that you need to put Hey, social media managers, this is for you. You know, that works sometimes. I don't mean that you have to directly call them out, but the ad copy needs to use words or suggest in some way that this is for them, right? And that can be done in many different ways. But if you don't do that, so for example, let's say that we're selling some sort of coffee alternative to moms, right? So maybe the ad copy opens with something like, you know, as a mom, I know, you know, how many sleepless nights you're enduring, right? Yeah. Or are are your kids keeping you up all night, right? Exactly. So we're not saying, Hey moms, but we're indicating that we're speaking to that person. And whenever you can do that, it's just going to work so much better because that person knows it's for them, right? They're most likely going to continue to read the ad copy. And the second thing that you need to be able to do in the opening is also just catch their curiosity in some way. So whether this is promising that you're going to solve one of their pain points, whether this is educating them with some logic statement like we just talked about, Mike, or whether it is by doing something that is curiosity based, like asking them a question or, you know, a lot of times in ad copy, I'll do a pop quiz and, you know, actually ask them what they think the answer to, to a question is in messenger. That's a conversation for a completely (laughs) different day, but whatever it is that you need to spark that curiosity without being over hypey, that is going to help with the consumption of the ad and that person continuing to engage with you. So the first step is really the opening, the beginning of your ad. And if we can call out the audience and make sure that in some way we spark their curiosity so that they want to keep reading, you're going to be good to go. And a big mistake I see people making in this section is that they put too much fluff into it. 
And I find myself doing this too. Usually after I write ad copy, I find myself deleting the first sentence or two because for some reason, the first stuff that I write is usually just kind of fluff and pointless. Um, So if you find yourself doing that, definitely look out for that. But that's really step one, Mike, that opening. And this is the most important part of the framework. And it might be the first sentence. It might be the first few sentences, depending on how long your ad copy is. But it's definitely the most important. So give us an example um, of how to catch their curiosity. Maybe give us a couple of examples just so people can wrap their head around that. Yeah, of course. I mean, a lot of the ads that I've shared with you guys, like the, does your dog get way too excited and out of control when he sees something he wants in his environment? Like if you're having that problem, I know I've had that issue with my, my dog. I'm curious, like that is a pain point that I'm interested in. Uh, Another one, like this is uh, from a beauty company, one to get a fresh faced and youthful glow with only three makeup products. So they're basically promising, I mean, for me as a woman, I'm like, wow, most makeup routines require many more products than that. Like, that's interesting. Only three products. You've caught my attention. I know you're speaking to people that wear makeup. And that's a great way to quickly open, catch my attention. But I also know that it's for me, you know? I'm ideating Um, here about the social media marketing world, but I could say need to improve your social marketing know-how or want to improve your social media marketing know-how in only three days. Um, yes. You know, right. Cause that's what the conference is three days. Right. And you could absolutely, and that's where it's kind of like, okay, obviously it's for social media marketers without saying it. I don't know. I'm just thinking totally. Oh, yeah. yeah. I love that. Here's another example from hired. So hired.com where you can go to apply for jobs. It says if you're counting down the hours until you get to leave the office, it might be time for a change. Ah. That's a great open because yeah. it's speaking to people who work in an office, speaking to that pain point And you're like, yeah, I'm experiencing that. <laughs> so this needs to be you tight know? is what I'm hearing you say. It needs to be something that's for sure in those first two or three lines before the more button, right? Absolutely. Here's And here's one more example too, Mike, from this is from Panda Planner. And this was speaking to the mom avatar. This was actually the beginning of a testimonial that I got in response to the survey questions that we sent out, but it made for a great opening of an ad. So it says, my mom life is more organized with Panda Planner. I have one place to keep our doctor's appointments, school activities, days we do school trips we go on, etc. It's also nice to keep up with cleaning around the house, when I need to do it, what room was deep cleaned last, etc. It keeps me accountable on what I planned on getting done for the day, week, and month. And so that's a bit longer, but it's obviously speaking to moms and we're speaking to a bunch of pain points that they have in their own words. So So that that was just a testimonial open. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That was just a testimonial. That was just in response to those survey questions that I mentioned earlier. So that's the most important section, that first one, the introduction. And then the second one the second part of this framework is what I call the transition. Hey, real because quick, just some, so just so we're crystal clear. Of course. This is all happening in the text above the visual, right? Of course. Okay. Yes. The yeah. newsfeed text above the yeah. visual or the text below in Instagram, you know, so right. the chunky amount of text. Got it. Uh, so yes, good okay. question. All right, cool. So the second part is what I call the transition because another mistake I see people make is they'll say, Hey, you know, do you want your dog to quit acting crazy in its environment? Do you want your dog to quit barking? (laughs) Buy my product now. 
Right. right. Like they catch someone's attention, but then it feels so like forced. It just goes right into the call to action. It's too and yeah. the ad copy that I see work the best is where you use that transition to really massage that pain point or that after state, or it, this is where you're really leading the horse to water, you know, is a good way to put it so that it doesn't feel so much like you're being directly sold to, which is, you know, how the consumer is feeling. So this transition is really important before, because step three of this framework is of course the call to action, which is really important. We definitely need a call to action. We know that people are more likely to take an action if they're told to do it. It's why, you know, we're taught when there's an emergency situation to point at someone and tell them to call 911 or people would just won't take action. Like that's just right. how we work as humans. So step three is important. And, and the call to action is, is simple. You know, you just want to tell them to, to do what uh, you're wanting them to do. But that transition is really where you go from the introduction to how your call to action really is the vehicle that's going to get them to that after state or that thing that they're wanting and then moving into the call to action. So for example, the rest of this ad for Panda Planner, it, we went on to say, I love that the dates. So this was more of the transition. So remember, I just talked about how her life was more organized. She kept up with cleaning and it kept her accountable for what she planned on getting done. Then we transitioned more into the product, but not a call to action yet. So this was more the transition. I love that the dates are not reprinted because I can set my year to a school year instead of a calendar year. I'm going into my second Panda Planner. It's big, so I don't lose it. So you're noticing we're talking more about the product here. It's sturdy and strong and can withstand being carried around with lots of school books and pens. The pages are thick, so I can use gel pens and they don't bleed through. I have a place to keep up with meal planning. I seriously can put everything in this planner I need. I love this planner. And then my call to action, Panda Planner is scientifically proven to increase productivity and happiness. Get more done, feel better, 10% off. Use code Facebook10 at checkout. So it doesn't always have to be that long, but that transition is really important. And here it is again in this example. You know, we asked, does your dog get way too excited and out of control when he sees something in his environment? Then the transition is you know, watch this video to discover one clever trick for how to finally start teaching your dog to calm down on command. So he transitioned into that after state, you know, click here to learn more. So they watched the video and the ad and then they clicked um, to to get a free training. That's so, almost like two calls to actions though, depending on how you interpret that, right? Because you're asking yeah, them first to do something and then to do something else, right? Yeah, his was a little bit different, but I, I just wanted to kind of point that out. I, I wouldn't necessarily do that, right. but I like that he at least had a transition before it was like, go do this now, you know, <laughs> which so many people do. What do you um, think are the good elements of a transition? And at what point do we transition? Like, well, actually, let me back up. Is the transition always just like a sentence? Could it be paragraphs? You know, like this is the part I'm trying to wrap my brain around. Like, because you said the opening yeah. could be a sentence. 
it could be paragraphs, right? So is the transition meant to just be a simple sentence? And, or, and or- same, same here, Mike, like it could be short, it could be long, depending, like, here's an example of a really short one. This is from Drew Canole, the founder of Organifi. This is a shorter ad. And this is from his personal page. So the opening is five years ago, I had my very first green juice, and it changed my life. So that's the opening, you know, generating that curiosity. The transition is I started feeling better, had more energy, curbed my cravings and experienced the most radical transformation. So the transition is when we start to speak more about the product, right? And what it does, where the intro is more about them, right? The intro is about the end user, the avatar, the market that you're speaking to. The transition is where you start to transition how they're wanting to feel or whatever the hook is that you're using into your product, right? And then he said, need some help with your own transformation, question mark, click here to learn about how we can help. And then there's a link. So does that make more sense? Like it can be, it could be a sentence, it could be paragraphs, depending on if you're doing shorter copy or longer copy, but it's really where the, the first step, you're talking about them, you're entering a conversation about them. The transition is where you start to transition into talking about your product. And then the third step is your call to action. And if you can always keep this in mind, I even find myself color coding, especially for longer copy. But every time I write an ad, I just color code in a Google Doc, step one, step two, step three, so that I can visually look at it and just make sure all three of those are there. You know, yeah. And if it, you can easily find if something's missing when you're color coding it. So that can be really helpful. Now, I'd imagine if you have testimonials to back up your opening, then that could go in the transition as well. Am I right? Absolutely. Yeah. I do that all the time. Uh, The call to action. Talk to me a little bit about the call to action, because obviously you do have a call to action built into the ad itself below the image. Am I right? Or do you Mm -hmm. put it in the text also or... Talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, I also put it in the text just for people that are more so readers. And especially in the last six months, I always put a link in the text too, because some people, especially if you're using video, just don't know that they need to click on the gray area below the video to actually, you know, go over to the URL. And you'll notice a lot of people will say, where do I go? What's the link? Mm. So, you know, for the call to action, I do, that is a place that I try to keep short and sweet always, like nothing less than three sentences. If I have a discount code or something, that's where I'll mention that. I tell them exactly what to do, whether it's watch this, opt in for this, buy this, you know, whatever it is that I want. And I might add just a few more benefits there at the end. Like with Panda Planner, I said, get more done, feel better, you know, 10% off. So I I, I try to keep it pretty simple. Do you find that certain kinds of phrases work better, like click to learn more, buy now? I mean, have you experimented and found any particular calls to action that seem to be a little better than others in your testing? Yeah, I just try to make it whatever is relevant to what I want them to do, you know, and I tried to do like you notice for Panda Planner, I said Panda Planner is scientifically proven to increase productivity and happiness, get more done, feel better, 10% off, use code Facebook 10 at checkout. And then the link was there. And then for oh, I didn't even you know, tell them Organifi, to click. Interesting. it said, yeah, need some help with your own transformation. Click here to learn about how Organifi can help. So I actually try to say, this goes against what I said a minute ago, but um, I need to correct myself because I actually tried to use words like 
buy this the least amount possible really? because Facebook indexes that. And like, for example, this weekend I had an ad account shut down because they said I was using like exaggerated language, like hypey language. Oh. And it's because they had indexed the landing page and all the ad copy. And basically there were some strong calls to action that Facebook just didn't like very much that Got we it. changed. And so I've actually started really reining back how aggressive I am. Like I definitely have a call to action and I tell them what to do, but I 100% know that Facebook is indexing for really aggressive, typical calls to action. Like time is running out or uh, supplies are limited or buy now mm. or anything that you would see on the front of you know, a clothing store or on the window of, um, a going you know, out of business malls. place. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Closing down, you know, yes, you see it up yes, there for three months. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That is hurting you. And Facebook is actually ranking. So one of their new diagnostics is quality ranking. And that is one of their new di diagnostics, but the conversion ranking, I think is what it's called. I don't have it in front of me, but the diagnostic that measures your post-click experience is what I'm trying to say. Right. Um, that's where Facebook's indexing the copy on your landing page. And then the quality ranking, which is measuring the quality of your actual ad is where Facebook is reading your ad copy. Essentially, it's a bot doing it, but they're looking for words like that that might trigger anything that says this is too hypey. And it's why a lot of people, especially in our industry, Mike, are getting the, hey, this is a MLM or the, you know, <laughs> your, your ad account shut down because you're selling work from home offers. Mm. It's because they have certain language that, you know, alerts their system of those things. Wow. So uh, always good to keep in mind. Well, Molly, this has been solid gold. If anybody wants to track you down and find out more about all the great things you're doing, where do you want to send them? Yeah. Thanks, Mike. This has been a blast. Always um, have fun chatting with you. And I actually have um, a new class opening up. It's not a new class, but I teach twice a year, train my traffic person. And I've got a new class of students that I will be starting with in January. It's a four-month mentorship. So very different from any other course on the market. It's actually a live class where I spend uh, four to five hours live with students every week for four months. It's really fun. I'm in the middle of, of a class right now. Lots of great results. So if you guys are interested, you can go to trainmytrafficperson.com and there is a wait list you can opt in for and we'll let you know when the class is open. So I go way deeper into ad copy and creative and really everything you need to know about media buying. So thanks Molly again for having me. is the real McCoy. So if you want to learn, <laughs> get in on that list and people that are listening to this in the future, like what months do you normally open it? Because they might have missed the January yeah, one. January and September. So Perfect. we will open uh, twice a year, January and September. Molly Pittman, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom and insights with us. I know we're all better as a result of it. Thank you so much, Mike. Talk soon. And by the way, if there was anything that we mentioned today and you did not catch it, all the notes are waiting for you at socialmediaexaminer.com slash 384. New to this podcast, hit the subscribe button. Don't miss a future episode. This brings us to the end of another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the best out of your day. And may social media continue to change your world.
The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.